It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, yes, yes. And welcome back to the Fresh Arsenal podcast. And it's PB and Pat again. It's a bonus pod on Friday night. No Friday night Premier League football. So we thought we'd bring bring some extra entertainment to your ears, at least. Um, we promised this on Tuesday, Pat, when we released uh, the main pod. I think, you know, I was probably more excited to do it then because I <laughs> thought we would probably be talking about some players. But we did play a game on Wednesday and we did, uh, yeah. we're very impressive again in the first half. Should have probably put that game to bed a lot quicker than we did. Um, but ultimately got the three points again. But let's uh, let's start with recapping on uh, deadline day first, and then maybe a bit of the, the window as a as a whole. How did you feel yesterday, Pat? Um, I think I felt a little bit disappointed, but I just think Gabriel Zeus and Zinchenko are so good. Like they are probably the best players Arsenal have bought since Alexis Sanchez and to do that without Champions League football um, is really impressive and I know that the circumstances in terms of you know Edu and Arteta both knowing Jesus so well and then you know Arteta having worked with Jesus uh, with Zinchenko and him not being an outright starter and so on and so forth but still I really think that (sighs) The one way I look at it is like Chelsea wanted Jesus and they ended up getting a Bamiang who we, you know, terminated the contract of. And now he might score a couple of goals for Chelsea. But I think that just shows you how good a signing that was. So I think overall, people saying that we've had like a five out of 10 window, I think are pretty nuts. Like we've signed two of the top, top players in this league. Make no mistake about that. Like they are, if not world-class, burgeoning on it. And we're talking about eight Premier League titles between them, key figures in both. Um, you know, I, I think they're very, very good signings. I think Fabio Vieira is someone I'm quite high on. I've watched actually quite a lot of him last season. Um, big fan of his. I really like his directness. He brings a little bit of something different. Um, obviously, Matt Turner and Marquinhos are the two kind of more unknown quantities in the sense that we have no idea what they're going to look like. In terms of yesterday specifically, I really did think that, again, I was a bit higher on Douglas Louise as a player than quite a few people. I think at this moment in time, he's better than Lukonga and better than many, but by a fair distance, actually, I think. Like, a lot of people were throwing up radars and stats and 
but you just have to watch the player to know that this is a very decent one. You have to also ask Villa fans, um, speaking to a couple of Villa fans, and they were basically like, he's very good at basically everything. Maybe the stats don't bring that up, but it's, again, you know, a, a, a position sometimes where stats don't tell the whole picture. Um, probably the further up the pitch you get, the more reliable they are. Mm. So, yeah, I was quite glad we didn't get that over the line because actually it's a player that I've thought about for a little while and we talked about quite a lot in January as well, didn't we? So, yeah, mm. I was quite disappointed with that. Yeah, I guess from my perspective, I, I'm a lot uh, not as enthusiastic on Louis specifically. Um, you know, I think I, I said on Twitter yesterday, I think he'd be a slight upgrade on on our backup options, in my opinion. I think he's definitely better than nothing. Um, but for me, the biggest I, I disappointment... Do think, I do think he's in between quality-wise, Lekonga and Elneny and Party. Like, I, I don't think he's just a little bit better than Elneny, which mm. is what I've seen. It doesn't matter now, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, I, but, yeah, just, but what I'm trying to say is I wasn't first... <laughs> it's not the fact we didn't get Luis yesterday. It's the fact that that, you know, as the day clocked on... Um, you very quickly realised that that was it. It was going to be Louise or nothing. And we've done some great transfers earlier on in the window, but there was definitely still work to do. Um, mm. You know, the manager's been saying that for weeks. We've done nothing since Zinchenko, which was a long time ago now. And the manager, every time he's spoken to the press, has said, we're still looking to do deals, you know, not, not a single player. So what frustrates me is we've got to deadline day and we've got one position we're going for and one target and by the sounds of it a club that weren't going to sell him anyway I mean I'm, I'm very glad we've not gone 30 million plus and gone crazy for this player for sure but the biggest frustration for me is that we got into that situation um, you know I understand the injuries focused attention to midfield but the forward stuff really frustrates me because yeah, we bid for Rafinha uh, so long ago do you know what? There's a, there's a tweet going around comparing the, the squads of City, Liverpool and Arsenal. And, you know, people will say, you know, our Arsenal fans deluded comparing yourselves to them. But like this, if that's the next step we want to take and they kind of just go defenders, midfielders, forwards. And actually, if you look at the midfielders, we actually look all right in that department. Where we don't look as good is, as you mentioned, the forward line where we have Martinelli, Sacco, Jesus and Ketia. Beyond that, it's basically Nelson and Marquinhos who are, you know, one's got one foot out the door and the other is completely unknown quantity. I know Vieira and Smith-Rowe can play in those forward positions, but it's yeah. that's the bit where it's a They're bit... very different like, oh, in style. Too. Yeah. And yeah. what's tripped us, nearly tripped us up in the last two games is not finishing our chances. So, you know, especially when we lose a couple of players to injuries, that does really worry me. I don't know how we can, you know, be right in for Rafinha so long ago and then not do anything apart from let Pepe leave, um, which I know you don't really rate him, but just just to be a sponge in the Europa League, like he's he's done it twice. I think two seasons in Europa League was probably our best Europa League player. Um, you can just leave Saka out of the squad for those games and it just seems silly from a numbers point of view to... Do it. Keep until January to Europa group stage. Um, yeah. I feel like we could have done that with a lot of the lone players. But, you know, you've gone through and analysed because I think that no one's too worried about our starting eleven here, right? We, as you say, we've signed some really good players that have strengthened mm. that and we've lost no one. You know, that has been so many years where we've lost our best players and we've got to yeah. 
be positive about the fact that we've improved our our starting eleven. The big concern is, is the depth, and mm. you know the the main reason we've got a lot more games this year is that Europa League group stage. You've been through. You're not too concerned about the teams in our group, but and a lot of people are saying sort of play the kids, play the backup, but we don't actually really have, we don't have them. Any. Um, I looked at our official ins and outs and I'm going to attempt to read them all. Um, so we signed Gabriel Jesus, Fabio Vieira, Zinchenko, Matt Turner and Marquinhos. I don't believe we've signed anyone at least at like under 21 squad level, maybe lower in the academy. We would have. No, there are four listed midfielders on the under 21s page, on the academy yeah. page, on the official website. So leaving the club this summer, Gwenduzi went permanently, 9 million. Leno, three, rising to potentially nine-ish. Um, Mavropanos left officially. Lacazette was released. Ainsley Maitland-Niles went on loan yesterday, which, again, do we just know be a sponge option, till January. Option to buy is in terms no, of fee. It's not being reported. Um, but yes, there is an option to buy in that loan as well. Nuno Tavares, loan, no option to buy. Um, Pepe, loan. Uh, Balogun, loan. Um, Joel Lu- Lopez and Mekanoff, released. Harry Clark has gone on loan. John Jules, loan. Mika Biroff, uh, another forward for the academy, loan. Aaron Trusty, left centre-half, loan to Birmingham. Jordi OC Tutu, uh, right back, I'll play on the wing as well. Bochum. Uh, gone permanently. Dan Ballard, Sunderland permanent. Zach Swanson, permanent to Portsmouth. Hutchinson, which I tweeted it earlier. I mean, if he's made that move because he wanted more minutes, it's a very silly thing. Decision he's made. That was was very much about money, wasn't it? It must have been. He could have had a real chance in these six months to, you know, he was on Premier League benches at the end of last season. Yeah. Clearly rated by the by the club in Arteta, right? He could have got every Europa League game get got on in those, and then being on Premier League benches, and and who knows yeah. with injuries. So really sad about that one, to be honest. Um, Oli Inca, who was a centre mid, also left yesterday permanently. Uh, Miguel Aziz left on loan yesterday as well, which that, that seemed like the crazy one, didn't it? Is yeah, I mean. People talking about his level if he's gone to a he's gone to a second division team in Spain, but I mean, just we're I play, really don't playing, know where we're, we're playing, going to get numbers. We're playing bottom of the Swiss Super League, if that helps. Uh, yeah, in two of our six group games. So, you know, I think that loan move says we don't see any future for him ever. No. Yeah, I agree. Unless um, he's amazing there, mm. and somehow, but then even then, you know. It's almost like with Charlie Patino is above him. So, yeah. yeah. With him and Marcelo Flores, who's also gone on loan to Spain, um, maybe they're they're putting them in that market um, for Spanish clubs to come for a permanent move. We've got a whole host of um, more youth players who've gone. I'm not going to read through all of them, but there is literally, I think, total is 20 something that have gone out. But we've also had Norton Cuffey, who could have uh, also featured, has gone on loan to Rotherham. Salah Adin, who was on Premier League benches last year, has gone on loan to Hull. And With an option to buy, option right? to buy. So it sounds like we've given up on him. Pablo Marie is a Monza loan and obligation to buy if they stay up, I believe. 
Yeah, that's right. And then Omar Rekic is a backup, could have been a backup centre-back, has also gone on loan. And the final one of note would be Patino, who, again, I mean, I see why we've done it for his development. and I think it will be really good for him in the Championship, but can you just wait till January if you've not sorted out some depth? I think he would have got plenty of minutes. I, do, in your do you know what the other one is like? Does Nuno Tavares look like an option that we could have used now? Like, I mean, I know the loan was clearly decided quite early in the window and he's doing amazingly at um, Marseille. Looks like he's having a, a great loan spell so far. He's got three goals, right? Um, mm. Is it even four? Man of the match but, yesterday without scoring, yeah, I think. I, I saw some of the st- uh, stats and some of the clips going around. He looked really good. And I think that's going to be great for his confidence. You either have a, a good player coming back or you've got a 25 million euro asset there and it's a win-win for the club. But I now think about it, it's like, could he have been someone that could play on the wing? Could he have been someone that comes in as more left-back cover so Sinchenko can play more central midfield? I think any way you look at it, there were options to keep players that maybe would have still been on the boat. Because I think when it comes to Ains and Maitland-Niles and Pepe, these guys were just not on the boat. And I know some man management sometimes is required to keep them on the boat. But, you know, we've mentioned Patino, Tavares even a Miguel Aziz or whatever, who's featured in behind closed doors games for Arsenal with Arteta. Arteta's gone to see him with uh, Per in the under-21 games. Maybe they were players that could soak up some of those minutes. I do, I'm not really that concerned about the Europa League side of things. I think that a lot of people are like, oh, you know, these kids can't play in Europe. It's like, where do you think Saka first started or Smith Rowe? Like, there is going to be but room. What for kids? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> That's my I guess, problem. Yeah, because they I all have, are... they have under twenty three games as well. So are we going to be pushing fifteen well, year olds up to play those? And then, well, no. I mean, there is there's there's Matt Smith who was on the bench at the weekend. Like you, you think he probably plays? Um, we obviously took uh, Reese Waters on tour at seventeen. Um, you know, Lino Seuss is also quite highly rated. There might be some players there that get some minutes. But also, like the Reese Nelsons of this world, the Mark Quinoses of, the, of this world, they're going to have to play somewhere and they're probably going to have to play in the Europa League, right? And the Cup games. So mm. I, I know there is one area specifically that we're short in, which is central midfield. But I think if party's back in like two weeks, we could probably negotiate that that period without him. Maybe not as well as we'd hoped, but I kind of look at the Europa League and I think like, we're playing the bottom of the Swiss Super League twice and they've just lost their best player on mm. deadline day. So I don't even look at those as, I know with all due respect to them, but I, I don't even look at them as like real fixtures because if we're not winning those with like our under 16s, let alone our rotation players, it's, it's a disgrace, right? Uh, and then you've uh, got... I, I think you're being a bit harsh for under 16s. Didn't... Like they're, it's going to be the game of their lives. These teams, you know, PSV have beaten some decent teams. Um, that Bodo team didn't they beat Spurs or something? They beat a big yeah. Team no, I was talking about Zurich just to be. I was talking about Zurich specifically, right? Like okay. They they have lost every. Uh, they have, they've got two. But just to fill benches, we're gonna. I know Arteta is going to be taking, and we've got our first team players at least we've on got the bench. 12. Is it? 12 people on the bench or is it yeah. nine in the Europa League so yeah you're the right. whole he's squad will be going him. yeah he, he, he's gone pretty strong in cup competitions in general he doesn't like to I think Tim Stillman made the point though that 
if we had Champions League, we would be doing this anyway. Maybe we would have bought more first-team players, but there is a chance that... Like, let's say if we had Champions League, we would have had to play some of these guys two to three times a week at this level anyway, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I... But you would just have more. I mean, you definitely have another top forward. You yeah. need to. Yeah. And I think we would have... We probably would have got the two signings that we wanted if it, if it was... Champions League but yeah I mean you know there is still Lino Sousa uh, Rural Walters as you mentioned I think defence though that, which is where they both play isn't really an issue no. um, the issue I have is we're saying things like Matt Smith you know with all due respect to him he was on loan to a relegated League One side last year yeah so if we're if we're one injury or even you know if we want to rest our centre mids he's got to start in Europa League and even if this team are bottom of the Swiss league, I, I don't know he's got that quality. And, he, you know, he's not a young chap who we can develop. And no. he's still re- fairly young, but he's, he's turning 22 next month. Yeah. Yeah. I. <clears throat> it's, it's frustrating for me. Yeah. I. Uh, it's um, It's not an ideal situation. I think it's one that we can negotiate, though. But let's go back to yesterday, because... It kind of I I stayed positive on the on the Louis front. I thought something must be happening. You know, they're saying he's not for sale, but we're not that stupid to focus all our attention on something we've got no chance with. Turns out we were by the sounds of things. Um, but not only that, you joked about it on Tuesday about Maitland Niles doing a job. But seriously, why are we sanctioning absolutely everything? Like, yeah. On the day we're really struggling for centre midfielders, we let Maitland-Niles go on loan, who can cover fullback, can cover centre midfielders, played Europa League centre mid and looks pretty good. played out wide as well. Yeah, played out wide. We sanction that alone. We're not talking about a a £12 million bid or, you know, a decent opportunity we can't turn down. Alone, we sanction it. Um, Our two youth players who play centre mid uh, in Aziz, who's been playing that deep role um, all season for the under-23s, we allowed to leave on loan, sanctioned on deadline day. Um, and Olyinka, another centre midfielder for the youth team. You know, the club must have been sure, I think, that they were getting this player. They must have had some some real encouragement from that player's agent because I think you just wouldn't keep sanctioning these moves for players in that area. And people can talk about levels, and, you know, they're not good enough. That's the end of the day. But from a sheer numbers point of view, as we've talked about, 12 subs in the Europa League you can bring. Um, I just don't don't understand it. And I think there's there's lots of positives of the window as a whole, which we'll come on to now because we've, we've been a bit negative. But mm. deadline day yesterday, a lot of lessons to be learned. And I think what we've seen is don't rely on people... Um, not doing stupid things on deadline day because from Villa's point of view, I think they're absolutely nuts for rejecting 25 million for Louise with nine months left on his deal. You know, I think with a good contract, that's about his value for me. So when a foreign club are probably going to get him on a pre-contract in a few months, really, really silly. But all these clubs in the Premier League, they're owned by billionaires. A lot of them don't need money. So we can't rely on people... Um, accepting things like that and and hopefully we've learned some lessons and we can take that into future windows 
stuff we did earlier in the window though pat is um is what's holding this window up and and on the positive side as you mentioned a bit earlier fabio vieira uh, a player we haven't seen in the first team yet he played a youth game um played on the right wing actually in that youth game that probably should have been the sign to us that this guy was going to be the the mystery winger do you think that's where looking at the squad now do you think that's where we're going to predominantly see um, Vieira play? Because I guess the only other option is Marquinhos. So again, the player we've not really seen. There was a lot of talk on... He was linked to Wolves, wasn't he? Who had a loan li- lined up with him um, to Grasshoppers. So, you know, maybe they got it all wrong. But if someone wants to loan him to Grasshoppers, is he ready to be playing Premier League football? Are Grasshoppers um... not in the... Swiss League that we talked about. They are. They're fourth with Zurich and dead last and tenth. Um, I, I, yeah, I think we'll probably see Vieira a lot more on the light right than we thought we would. But I, I do think he's just one of those players that can play quite a lot, especially when he plays on the right. He tends to drift quite a lot. Um, I think we'll see him in the Europa League predominantly in Odegaard's role. And then I think a lot of his Premier League minutes will come out wide. Mm. So yeah, that that's kind of what I think on Vieira. Yeah, no, I echo that. I think because physically he's still very, very small, and they've said they don't really want to change that. I think so. It's come out. Um, but... Yeah, you see some of the duels that Shaka got into mm. against both Fulham and uh, the other night against Villa, and I just look at him. He's probably about what not even seventy kilograms dripping wet. So, <laughs> and I think that's why we've not <laughs> seen him in the Premier League yet because despite us being fairly dominant in, in a lot of the games, we've been quite close in the scoreline and it doesn't feel like the manager's ready to drop him into a real intense Premier League game, especially in the middle of the park yet. So I think it's going to be huge for um, for him, the Europa League. Hopefully he's the real sort of breakout star in that team. And I think we're going to need Marquinhos um, as well to feature. He's a three million signing from Sao Paulo. Looks really strong, um, quite opposite to, to Vieira on that front. Um, and Reese Nelson's managed to still stick around, which I think he wanted to. Um, maybe he tactically got injured so that he, he wasn't allowed to, to leave. Because I'm sure, <laughs> despite the lack of depth, we would have found a way to loan him out yesterday yeah. um, if, if any club would Although, take Although, saying that, Arteta has always quite liked him, hasn't he? He started. Yeah, he started in his first home game at Chelsea, didn't he? So, mm. I mean, he's a player that Arteta's always quite liked. I, I he said think... the same about Maitland Niles though all the time, and and Maitland Niles is now twenty five <laughs> and gone on loan again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not look. I'm not saying Reece Nelson has a future at Arsenal. I'm just saying of all the players in terms of age and profile, and maybe upside. Reese is probably the only one where you could see, oh, maybe he's turned it around, you know? Um, I hope so, because when he was at Hoffenheim, when he was 19... Oh, he was quality. You know, he was being compared to Sancho at the time. They were both, you know, doing doing brilliant things. Um, hopefully, mentality-wise, we can get him back on well, board. Well, there was that story, wasn't there, about him changing the way he's been eating, training, all that kind of stuff off the pitch. So, mm. look, and again... He scored in pre-season. Yeah, <laughs> I think. To take the positive. against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, look, there there are always players that surprise you in a season, 
right? Sometimes you hang your hat on a player being the guy or being our player of the season. Sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Like, you know, in six months, we could be talking about how good Sambi Laconga has been this season playing, you know, 2,500 minutes or whatever. I know it's, well, maybe not six months, nine months. I know it's unlikely, but you never know. It, it's sometimes, I kind of use the Urza Ramsey uh, example all the time. Like when we bought Tabushi and then he got injured and Bellerin came in, no one ever thought that like Bellerin was suddenly going to be our like, you know, number one right back for the next five years. Um, mm. Same with Nuno last year, to some example, we didn't expect him to take that many minutes um, off of Tierney. So, yeah, I mean, I, I know we're a bit more set now, but sometimes you never know. Like, Marquinhos could come in and be good. Like, we actually have no idea. Vieira could be undroppable in six months. We have no idea. And I guess one of the bits that I'm quite positive on is that we've basically not played Smithrow. Smithrow, Vieira and Ketia have basically got no minutes. Same hmm. with Tommy Asu. Um, Tierney's played, what, 120 minutes? 100, no, 150 minutes, maybe? Sorry. So <sighs> the load on some of those players isn't that high. Um, so I'm hoping that they can play quite a lot over the next 10 to 12 fixtures. Yeah, I mean, that's what you've got to hope. We've got to hope for a bit of luck along the way as well. Um you know, there's one way of looking at it, like you have just sent in the sort of fresher, um, you know, Lakonga wanted to be playing regularly. He's going to get a lot of minutes now um, till Christmas. But the other way of looking at that is players' legs who aren't used to playing two games a week, having to start doing it. You even think the Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko's, you know, as good as they have been for us, we've got to remember they were rotational players for City. They weren't playing two games a week, 90 minutes, like they may have to for us um, in spells. So, yeah, we've got to hope for the the positive side of those two scenarios, which we've just all got to think about. Otherwise, it's um, quite depressing. Looking at Vieira, um, games for Porto last year, he almost exclusively played attacking mid by um, FB Ref and a little bit on the right. Um, but yeah, I think you are right, especially in the league. He will be more on the right. Just seen as well. Some of his heat maps, though, like he pops up everywhere. So I'm, I'm not yeah. too worried about where he plays. Yeah. Um, just seen Reese Nelson has been given assurances he will get a chance to compete for a place when proving his fitness. Well, no shit. I mean, <laughs> imagine if you're left off a 23 <laughs> man squad for the Europa League when we've only got. Playing against players above the worst team in Switzerland. <laughs> 18, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, well, we've got another game coming up um, on Sunday, Pat. And we're talking about our thin squad. There's been a few murmurs of some fitness um, concerns for certain players already, which is, is really not what you want to see before a trip to Old Trafford. And I think, you know, Arsenal are playing at higher intensity than we've seen in the recent years as well. That's mm. another thing to factor in. We want to be able to sustain this intensity in every game. And I think we're going to really struggle in spells, particularly looking at October. Um, and it'll be up to the manager to to rotate um, wisely and ensure we can do it. Ben White came off in the 60th minute uh, against Villa. Some reports that he didn't train today. I don't think Arteta commented on him, but I think that's because he wasn't explicitly asked. Um, Ramsdale 
also had a bit of an issue. There's some reports he's not trained or not trained properly. Erdegaard. What changes would you make for the United game if, let's say, we do have Ramsdale and Erdegaard at 75% fitness? What, what What's your team looking like? God, it's tough, isn't it? Um, Zinchenko... I mean- I'd start Zinchenko if he's even 90% fit, to be honest. Well, there was reports that he has been training, but Arteta has said he's not. Well, he had a fitness test before the Fulham game. So it could be the old mind game. Yeah, I think it might be a bit of that. I think Odegaard's definitely going to play. That was like a physical knock. Um, Ramsdale, I mean, he had a big kick out after. Was it like a, I think it was cramp or like like a tight hamstring, not like a pull. So I think it's fine. Sinchenko's the, like, I, I really think if he, do you know what? I actually think if he's fit, I wouldn't be sh- shocked to see him start ahead of Lukonga. Really? I'm really six. That's a six I'm, at Old Trafford. I'm, I know, but like... <sighs> I just think it's going to be a day for men. It's going to be grotty. It's going to be a horrible game. I don't know if we're going to be able to play that that much nice football. I've watched United like almost all their games, and they love kicking the shit out of teams. You're going to have to have a cool head. And basically, I made a point today on Twitter that a lot of fans are scarred by going to Old Trafford, and maybe some of the Arsenal players are, but the players that aren't are Saliba, Zinchenko, Jesus. They're not scarred by being like Old Trafford for Arsenal before or for City respectively Mm. I think just from a mentality perspective if you can get them all on the pitch I think I would probably start Lukonga and play Zinchenko left Um, although I mean Elanga is absolutely rapid isn't he Uh, that'll be a bit of an issue Um, but I suppose Martinelli can help track back there I would definitely be playing Zinchenko left back um, and then the second option is play him either in the six or the eight and uh, see how we go from there. I, I really think you need to get him on the pitch just from a, a mentality and leadership perspective. Mm. No change in the front three? I don't think you can, can you? Um, all three looked really good against Villa. Like it did. Saka was Saka was looking pretty scary again. So it's kind of if... I mean, when, not if, he starts kind of firing again uh, because, I mean, Luca Dean was absolutely terrified of him. And, mm. you know, Tara Mings looked terrified of uh, Gabriel Jesus. Um, Martinelli had the fullback on, on on toast as well. So... Just yeah. hope they've got the legs still to uh, play with such intensity at Old Trafford because if we're on our game, we can definitely win it. Um but it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. They're on three wins in a row. You know, not particularly convincing the last couple, but that will have boosted their morale. They'll see this as a huge opportunity to sort of knock us off our early perch um, yeah. and being at the top. So hopefully the players are up for it. I really it's a hope huge that, game. Huge game. Yeah, I really hope Arteta's Zinchenko stuff is mind games because I do think if an opposition are preparing to play against you who our left back is, is quite a big difference in how they might play. Um, and that's not just a knock on Tierney because I think he's stronger defensively. So I think when we played Fulham, you saw them very early in the game, quite a lot 
go long, uh, long ball over to the left back. And I felt like yeah. they, they were targeting getting in behind Sinchenko, of course. Um, at the last minute, it was switched to Tierney and Tierney, whilst he wasn't great on the ball that day, did deal with that better than Zinchenko probably would have. So I'm hoping Arteta's keeping that up his sleeve. He has done a few little um, things like that before. So let's hope, you know, there's potential of Matt Turner in goal, no Zinchenko, no Erdogan, mm-hmm. no White, no Ramsdale. Maybe no, Saka's pulled you. his hamstring as well. No, thank you. Azuz looked tired. <laughs> No, that's enough of the negativity. We've won five out of five games. You know, we've talked about not the best day yesterday, but we have had a strong window. We are going to need a bit of luck. There's no beating around the bush with that, yeah. with injuries. Um, Arteta is going to need to show he can manage the squad well. We had some players coming in real cold last season after not being used, then getting injured. So he's got to manage that better. I'm sure he's drawing up his lineups and his plans for every game from now till till that World Cup. So, uh we got to trust in him. We've had a good start. Um, the club in general going in a good direction. You know, the profile of the squad is, is getting better. Our wage bill is probably decreased again um, this summer, despite bringing in two quite senior players, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're sixth in the spending charts, I think, and in the total cost of our squad and in the wage bill. So... Really, we should be finishing sixth and we're currently top. So positives, positive so far. Big game at Old Trafford on Sunday. Let's hope I'm saying yes, yes, yes when you next hear my voice on Monday. Thank you for listening to our bonus podcast. I've been Ollie Price-Bates. You've been listening to the Fresh Arsenal podcast and I've been once again joined by AFC Pet on Twitter. Pet, pleasure to uh, decipher. We nearly went live after deadline. Um, last night pretty glad we didn't go with that one actually because we would have been more emotional more hot takes wouldn't have been good wouldn't have been good thank you very much everyone we'll see you on the next one Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.